Hello and welcome. I'm Abez Ouash, director of the French Center for Archaeology and Social Sciences, the CEFAS, which is part of a French Foreign Research Institute network and is affiliated to the French National Center for Scientific Research, CNRS, and the Ministry for Europe and Foreign Affairs. The CEFAS, which is based in Kuwait, is a regional research center conducting research on the archaeology and the social sciences of the Arabian Peninsula from prehistory to the present day. The CEFAS is happy to launch today a new podcast series dealing with its activities. In this episode, we welcome Rémi Perrogon, who is an archaeologist specialized in the study of medieval ceramics and a doctoral student from Aix-Marseille University and CEFAS. The aim of his graduation thesis, Ceramique des Fouilles d'Al-Qusur, Kuwait, 5e-9e siècle, mode d'approvisionnement et de consommation dans les monastères du Golfe, is to study the elements that have been found during the Kuwaiti French archaeological expeditions held between 2011 and 2019. Rémi will present the first results of his research, which provide new insights on food consumption in the Gulf, on the economic links with foreign lands in pre-Islamic and Islamic times, as well as on the influences of ancient heritages in the medieval cookery. Thus, the study of food and cookery can help to explain how an isolated settlement played a role in a regional and international economic network. Welcome, Rémi, and thank you for accepting our invitation to talk about your work on Failaka, this fascinating Kuwaiti island, which is around 20 kilometers of the coast of Kuwait City. Failaka is well known for its ancient settlements. However, it has been settled before and during the first centuries of Islam by a Christian community, especially in the sites named El Qusur, which is in the middle of the island. So, Rémi, what kind of population lived there and is it possible to have a better understanding of their economical life thanks to the recent excavations? All right. Thank you very much for inviting me. So I will answer to your questions. So medieval Felaika can be described as a land of fishermen, farmers, monks, and merchants. So the Christian community of Felaika is gathered around the central part of the island, according to the size of the main church and the numerous houses, we can estimate the number of inhabitants around 100 persons, all of them, were probably not monks, but a mix of laics and religious people. Studying the needs in food and the cuisine techniques from Al-Qusur will be the occasion to give you a better understanding of the monastery's economical life. But before we go inside the medieval kitchens of Feaka, we should follow the roads where the unprocessed food products came from. And first of all, we can... We can uh, we can list the resources from the sea. So fishery was, of course, one of the main cultural features of the Gulf inhabitants for centuries. 
from the prehistoric populations called ichthyophagi by the, the Greek uh, writers or fish eaters. Some uh, to the modern fishing fleets of Kuwait. Uh, so the monastery also revealed some archaeological traces of fishery activities, particularly some net weights or line weights. Around 43 pieces were found, mostly in ceramic, sharing common features, that is the smoothed aspect, a pieced hull and a flat surface. Other contemporary sites delivered some similar artifacts, as Alcorenia on the northern coastline of Felaka, or Seraph in southern Iran. But the chronological range and localization of these tools seems to be very wide, for we could find ancient examples within the Gulf area, like in the Bronze Age phase of Al Khidr on the western coastline of Felaka, or the Obaid site of Dosaria in Saudi Arabia but also from the 16th and 18th century site of Haraib al-Desht, a modern fishery on the northern coastline of Felaka. So how these tools are used and what kind of fishes did they catch? These tools are quite common. They are made in ceramic, stone or lead, and probably shaped with broken potteries or tools. The current traditional fishermen of the northern Kerala coast in India are using that kind of quickly made tools for the fishnets, recycling broken pottery. The inhabitants of the medieval monastery could have practiced a similar method, both economical and adapt uh, to the shallow waters around the island. They could have used a similar method, like the traditional gill nets or seine weights, uh, seine nets of the marches Arabs described by ethnographical studies like the Marches Arabs by Wilfried Tessiger or the 2006 article by Les Jawad, Fishing Gears and Methods of the Lower Mesopotamian Plain with reference to fishing management. Thank you, Remy. Listening to you leads me to ask you whether an archaeological study has been made or is planned. If yes, what does it say about the island fishing tradition? So, yes, uh, the, some archaeological studies are, uh, have brought to light many, many interesting features, and they are still in, uh, in progress. So uh, I will just give you some, um, some clues, some instance about the ichthyological uh, results. So the remains of the fishes and other marine species are to be found in many abandonment layers or several rejection spaces on the monastery. The archaeological study is still to be published, but some elements are nonetheless available. One important element is the presence of a huge variety of species, from crabs and small tropical fishes, like emperor fishes, to bigger specimens as catfish, turtles, sharks, and medium-sized marine mammals as dugongs, also called uh, sea cows. That diversity is questioning on the matter of the acquisition of all these resources, whether the monks went fishing or went to coastal sites as Alcorenia to acquire the fishes. We should clarify the techniques that were in use back to the medieval times. According to the Kuwaiti Polish studies, 
on the ancient fish traps remains around the Pelaka Islands, some hypotheses can be underlined on the matter of the medieval methods of fishery. In addition, with the fishing nets and fishing lines, the Alcusor inhabitants could, could have built some hadra traps for their food supplyings. These traps are shaped as a huge triangular trap fixed on the ground by wood poles linked with, by nets. And the Adra is covered by the water during high tides and remain on dry land during low tides, trapping the fishes carried away by the waves. The current fishermen of Felaka are still using this trap today, and they require only a steady maintenance of the poles and nets, but allows also a bountiful catch. Both techniques, nets and hadra traps, required a large organized group that take part in these activities. So there is no contradiction with the Alcusor settlement, which agricultural practices could also provide materials for the fishermen, like palm wood for the poles and floaters, and vegetable fibers for the nets and, and lines. So it's also possible to identify agricultural practice? Yeah, completely. Um, so the first indication that the Alcosu monastery was linked with agricultural activities is the localization of the settlement. If you watch an aerial view of the island after the rain has come, one might notice that the central part of the site is situated on the upper land, surrounded by flood plains, where the gathered water could provide cultivable lands. Around the main church and collective buildings, nearby these arable grounds, we can identify numerous small houses built in mud bricks with an uncut stones foundation. The plan show a main rectangular building with a half circle enclosure, creating a small courtyard. For now, it is impossible to say if the inhabitants of this kind of buildings were monks or laics working for the monastery. There is a possibility that it could be a mix of both groups. In any case, these enclosed houses are most probably structures linked with an agricultural activity. The walls may have provided shades and protection for vegetal species growing inside the courtyard resembling the traditional Kuwaiti gardens from the mainland, or within a foreign example of monachism, the medieval European monastery's garden. According to the archaeological remains, some livestock animals were consumed within Alcosur, mostly sheep and goats. The enclosure building is likely to be a place to gather the animals nearby the fertile lands and Sabha where they can eat small thorn bushes and resinous plants. So combining all these elements, we can propose an illustration of these little farms. But we lack some information. Did the inhabitants of these houses work together on a larger rural structure, as palm plantation, for instance? We don't not know either what kind of vegetal species were cultivated within the medieval Felaka island. So, in order that we understand the diversity of the plant species present in Alcosur, 
an archaeobotanical study started in 2017. Numerous archaeological contexts, like floors, burnt layers, pits, have been filtered by flotation system. So the method aims to gather the ancient seeds and vegetal uh, that were preserved within the archaeological context. By putting the soil samples in water, these elements will rise to the surface, will be filtered and dried to be studied later by a specialist, that is a carpologist. Two series of sieving by flotation were carried out in 2017 and 2019. And the samples were sent to the National Museum of Natural History in Paris to be studied. So the research is still in progress, but I can give you a few insights and results. That is, unsurprisingly, the numerous presence of dead core. The other interesting species found are cereals, like wheat and maybe some legume seeds. But it will need to be confirmed in uh, the further study. In any case, the research shows the presence of potential agricultural activities and cultivated vegetal species. For now, we have listed numerous sources of food within the islands and produced by the inhabitants of the settlement. But uh, we will see that the medieval Felaka people do not live in total isolation. Finally, Rémi, Faelaka was a connected island. I'm wondering how it was connected to regional or even global networks of exchange. So we have some, some information about that. And the most interesting thing uh, today, talk about food and uh, food consumption, is wine. Because wine was part of the Christian religious offices. That is maybe why we have found numerous fragments of amphorae coated with bitumen that probably contained uh, that important resource, probably coming from the Mesopotamian basin. This kind of pottery are well known in the archeological text because their shapes are very recognizable. They are called torpedo jars, according to their rounded characteristic features. Dating from the third century AD to the 10th century AD, they were founded within a large area from Iraq to Southern Iran, Sri Lanka, and Thailand, following the commercial roads going from Basra on the Shat al-Arab to the Eastern Indian Ocean and China. An interesting feature is the inner surface of these containers for they are usually coated with bitumen, allowing the preservation of liquids, such as water, wine, oil, fish-based preparation of bitumen itself, as it is highlighted by the Kuwaiti Italian mission in Felaka, which uncovered some torpedo jars with a large amount of raw bitumen inside. Although the dating and diffusion of these amphorae well known, it is difficult even today to identify the workshops where they came from. But many chemical analysis on the bitumen components allow us to determine where it came in the first place. For example, a 2020 paper by an international team revealed that the bitumen inside 8th century uh, torpedo jars from the Thailand's Phanam Surin shipwreck came from the central part of Iraq and the southwest region 
of nowadays Iran. Situated a little off this important commercial axis, the monastery was nonetheless a passing point for the merchants and pilgrims of the area. The ships could stop resupplying the boat with fresh water and food and selling to the monastery the kind of goods contained within the torpedo jars. As a religious center, the church could accommodate pilgrims and travelers during the journey. If you want to make a synthesis about what we know on the matter of the monastery's food supplying, we can add to the maritime products, the local ag agricultural production and some luxury goods as wine obtained by the contacts with merchants. With these commercial links, the monastery could also gain access to ceramic or glass vessels, which are to be found inside the Alcoso kitchen. The pottery assemblage presented small cups, jars, cooking vessels, and more particular shapes related to the food transformation. So the following step in the food production chain is the transformation of the raw products, that is baking, grinding, pressing, leaf to ferment, etc., but also preserving the aliments. All this operation will require structures and tools that is to be found within the archaeological remains. Studying them and understand the different cooking operation should lead us to describe with more precision the economic life of the monastery and later on, the economic life of the medieval girl. So the forthcoming presentation will be mainly focused on architectural structures linked with the kitchen activities, but unfortunately not cooking tools for nothing like spoons or knives were founded for now. So we suppose that most of them were made in wood and disappeared or were made in a bad preserved metal. So we have many different structures within the production center of the monastery. That is the matbasa for making the dead syrup and other comparative structures of the area are showing similar features like uh, the matbasa of Murwab in Qatar that is a ninth century coastal village. We have also a bakery with some tanours and like um, uh, an important structure built in stone and plaster, um, allowing the, the bakers to put some ceramic, uh, like big ceramics to prepare all the, the bread and uh, maybe to, to make some fermentations. But one of the most interesting features of the monastery is a room on the northern part of uh, this building uh, where uh, some ceramics were found um, with like, uh, it was like huge jars with uh, filters on the base. Um, and we have some elements in the bibliography uh, that allowing us to make the hypothesis that these ceramics were made to put some fishes, wine, spices, and they were lived to ferment during a huge amount of time. And uh, some fish sauces are, are to be found today in Kuwait, but uh, with a completely different recipe. So um, the monastery have many 
interesting features in uh, architecture and ceramics. But uh, one of the next lead to, to follow on is uh, comparative uh, uh, elements with Syrian and uh, Lebanese monasteries of, the cont of contemporary times. Um, in historical texts like Al-Shabushti, uh, poet, poet uh, uh, made some interesting descriptions of the diyarat, that is the monasteries, uh, describing the monasteries as hosting places and proto-caravanserais, places to welcome people and where they can, they can drink and eat before they can uh, go, uh, go away on the road. So we have many hypotheses to, to make after uh, all the, with all these elements. And we can now identify some uh, plastered structures uh, that can be uh, a live press or space for winemaking in the monastery. But for now, we have to wait for the results of the specialist studies that is carpologist, histologic, but also containing analysis made on the ceramics. So we have a, a very promising research around this particular kind of kitchens. Thank you, Remy, for coming and sharing your knowledge with us. To conclude this lecture, could you recommend some readings on medieval phylaka? Of course, I have uh, many, many bibliographical texts uh, uh, that you should <laughs> uh, you should look to. Is uh, like the some booklets made by Julie Bonerich uh, on the medieval site of Felaka, uh, but also a monography of the Italian team in Alcodenia. Um, only the first part is published, but the second one will uh, will go. Uh, uh, in a, in the few in the the next year, um, you have also a monography made by the uh, Slovak Kuwaiti team uh, on the other part of Alcosur because the French uh, are excavating only the central part of the site, but the Slovak team is working on uh, the extern part of the site with uh, elite houses and very rich uh, material. Um, so for me, it, it will be the, the three, uh, the three most interesting books that you should uh, look to. Thanks, uh, Remy, and uh, all these uh, references uh, can be um, consulted in the uh, library of Cephas uh, in Kuwait. And uh, and um, have a nice day, and see you. Nice day too. Bye bye. Bye.